God created you with a purpose, and that purpose is for paradise. Welcome to this week's episode of Purpose for Paradise. This is episode three, navigating hard times, heartbreak, suffering, and grief. So often when we're going through a hard time, a heartbreak, you know, a season of suffering, whatever it may be, there's a tendency to have a desire to want to go back to a time before this thing happened. Oh, I wish I could just be how I was before this happened to me, etc, etc. But I think instead of trying to go back to how we used to be, suffering and heartbreak and pain, it's the catalyst that allows us to become one step closer to the fullness of being the version of ourselves that God created us to be. Romans chapter 5 verse 35 tells us, not only that, but when we even boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Scripture tells us that in our affliction, our spirit is being refined, and thus our affliction produces growth of character. Therefore, instead of spending so much time wishing that things could be as they once were, Rejoice in the character growth that you are experiencing and enduring and embrace the fact that pain isn't without purpose and God is using whatever you're going through, whatever suffering, to refine your spirit. So don't go back to a version of yourself that God needed to refine and embrace and look forward to who you are now becoming through the character building that you are undergoing in your season of suffering. And I think a turning point in the process of suffering or grief or heartbreak is accepting the fact that the version of yourself before this thing happened to you, whatever it may be, whatever sort of suffering you're going through, the version of yourself that you were before that no longer exists. And that's okay and that's a good thing because the version of yourself that's blossoming from enduring this trial, enduring this season of pain, because through this, you can identify areas that you made mistakes in or need to grow. There's certain things that you would never do again. There's certain situations you would never put yourself in again. There's certain ways you would now handle a situation that you may not have done before that you now know through this period of your character being refined. So you live and you learn and that's a learning and growing process. Don't stay stuck in the past of wanting to go back to a version of yourself or wanting to go back to a place that you were before something happened because where you're going, where God's taking you through this, through this suffering, through this refining of your character, is taking you one step closer to who he made you to be. When we look at creativity, art, music, some of the best songs, some of the best poetry, some of the best creative content comes out of seasons of suffering. You know, some of the best songs are those heartbreak songs. A season of heartbreak, a season of grief, a season of suffering is such a time of rediscovery. There's new hobbies, new passions, old passions rediscovered that can be unlocked during this season because this is a season of character development and growth. When we look at earth seasons, spring isn't year round. Our earth goes through a winter where it's barren, it's cold, and it's in that season that the earth is preparing to blossom forth in the springtime. Winter is the heartache of the earth. That which is barren holds space to eventually be filled, to spring forth an abundant harvest. During winter, there's a lot of animals that go into hibernation. So it's okay to take time to pause, rest, have space. Because if you're caught up in that winter storm, that season of suffering, if you're not taking time to rest and to spend time alone with God, that season, the season of suffering can either make or break you. You're either going to come out of it better or you're going to let it destroy you. You're more susceptible to illness in this time. It's a very fragile and sensitive time when you're going through a season of suffering. And so that calls for a sort of rest and hibernation. And I think the question always arises, how do we help ourselves and how do we help others in seasons of suffering? A lot of times when someone's going through a hard time, it's common to hear, oh, we'll just have faith, things will get better. You know, just have hope, 
things will turn around for you. The hope of the resurrection doesn't diminish the pain of the crucifixion. The night before the crucifixion, Christ suffered greatly in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus cried out to the Father to let his sentence of death pass from him. He said, My Father, if it is possible, let this chalice pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And that's Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. So Christ knew that his death would bring about the resurrection, would bring about salvation for the world. But yet the weight of the world on his shoulders and the pain that he had to endure, the Father didn't say to Jesus when he cried out to him, Oh, just have more faith. Soon it's going to be the resurrection, you know, in a couple days and you're going to be fine. No, what did the father do? He took compassion on his son's suffering and sent an angel to comfort him. Of course, Jesus knew that his death would open the portals to everlasting life. But the knowledge of that truth didn't diminish the pain and suffering of the weight of the world. So with this understanding, we can understand how when someone or when ourselves, when we're going through a season of suffering, we're not without faith, but we're simply enduring the pain preceding the resurrection. Because in order to get to the resurrection, first you have to go through the crucifixion. Though one knows and believes in the joy to come, carrying the cross in the present moment is difficult. And while Christ was carrying his cross, there's help that's needed along the way as you're carrying the cross. There's encouragement that needs to be poured into your soul. So the question is, how do we actually help ourselves or others in seasons of suffering? Saying, oh, things will get better, just have faith, just have hope. That's not really helping someone. So I think, what is a good way to help somebody during a season of suffering? One of the best ways is to give someone food. Not even just in a season of suffering, but in a season of change. A widow is in the throes of grief. She's not thinking about cooking for herself. She's just thinking about getting through the day. Her community will cook her meals. There'll be meal trains offered for her. Providing someone with a meal takes something off their shoulders that should be so routine, but in the throes of grief, that's not something you even have the capacity to think about, right? And even a mother who's just had a baby, she's recovering. She's in this new experience of now nourishing new life her community, her fellow friends who are mothers. They'll cook meals for her and drop them off, meal trains. And that takes her mind off of having to worry about feeding herself and her family. So instead, she can just focus on feeding her newborn baby. We're all going through a season of suffering, a hard time, new transition in life. And what does God want to do for us? God wants to feed us. Have you ever thought that the Eucharist, right? It's the source and the summit of our faith, but it's God feeding us. It's God saying, here, I'm the bread of life. You need me to survive. You need me to get through what you're going through because without the bread of life within you, you're not going to make it. You're going to be starving. You know, Jesus knows that life on earth is hard and we have suffering, right? Because God became man to redeem us, but he also entered into our suffering. Oftentimes, you will invite God into certain areas of your life, but the darker and the hurtful parts, you kind of keep closed off to him. There's a tendency to think about the holiness of God and think that, oh God, I don't want to bring this before God because God's so holy. Let me tell you, the holiness of God is a healing holiness. The holiness that is God himself endured heartbreak, abuse, trauma, betrayal, and a horrific death. Judas sold out Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Have you ever felt like someone has betrayed you, lied to you? Right? Christ knows that. Christ knows everything that you're going through because he himself went through it. And that's the beauty and that's the wonderful, mysterious nature of God. God became man and he knows. He knows because he was. Because he was. Because he became man for our sake. 
Jesus knows the deepest sufferings of humankind because he himself endured it. He himself was beaten and mocked. He endured a shameful death. He knows what suffering is like because he himself suffered. He knows what heartbreak is like because his own creation put him to death and rejects him. He knows what grief is like as he wept over Jerusalem. God knows your pain. God is offering us himself as food and I think that's so beautiful. Going to the Eucharistic banquet to be filled with the bread of life. And that way, when you're filled with the bread of life, you can feed other people. And that's the gospel in essence, right? Being filled with God so you can fill others and thus help everybody get to heaven. But you can't feed others unless you're being fed by God. And as a woman, great healing comes from understanding and looking at Mary, the mother of God. She witnessed the passion and death of God, her son. Mary endured unimaginable trauma and heartbreak. And I'm not sure how many of us actually understand this or realize this or think about this, that she endured something so horrific to see God be put to death by his own creation, but God is her son and that's such an intimate and personal connection between mother and child. She saw God, God who is her son, suffer unimaginably the trauma of the crucifixion. I think recognizing that Mary went through trauma, Mary went through agony, she went through suffering, unimaginable suffering. I've read many different books from various mystics about the passion and death of our Lord Jesus. I believe it was maybe to St. Bridget of Sweden there's a book Um, about the revelations of the passion of our Blessed Mother relaying what happened to St. Bridget. And I believe she said every time after the crucifixion, after the death of Jesus, she would hear the sound of the nails being driven into his skin. She would hear the laughter, the mocking, and it would just repeat in her head. And so she endured suffering even after the Lord had died and after he went to heaven she endured the separation from him and I believe there was a a quote from her in one of the books where she said the passion replayed in my mind like a funeral song just this torment that she endured and that's why we call her Our Lady of Sorrows and that's why September is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows and I believe this is one of the best devotions that you could undertake as a devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows because Christ cannot refuse anything as long as it's in accordance with his will. When someone is invoking from the suffering of his mother and under the title of Our Lady of Sorrows, because he is such compassion on his mother's suffering as he has compassion on yours. But his beautiful and beloved mother who stood underneath the cross and witnessed him die in such a horrific way. He is such compassion and such tender care for her heart that he cannot refuse any request that is made when invoked and when asked under the title of Our Lady of Sorrows. So every day, you should say seven Hail Marys in honor of the seven sorrows of Mary. And there are seven promises given to those by Our Lady of Sorrows, to those who are devoted to her sorrows. So the seven sorrows of Mary are one, the prophecy of Simeon, two, the flight into Egypt, three, the loss of the child Jesus for three days, four, when she met Jesus on the road to Calvary when he was carrying his cross. Five, the crucifixion. Six, when Christ was taken down from the cross, the Pieta, when he was put in her arms. And seven, when Jesus was laid in the tomb. Our Lady of Sorrow said to St. Bridget, I gaze upon the children of men to see whether anyone feels compassion for me, and alas, I see but few. Do not forget me. Consider how much I have suffered. It's a real strength in your suffering and whatever you're going through to unite your suffering to our blessed mothers, to our Lady of Sorrows, and to remember what she suffered. Because what she suffered triumphs everything that we suffer. Some of the saints have said that if every person were given but a drop of the suffering that she endured, 
it would cause their immediate death. And now the seven promises given by Our Lady of Sorrows. She also revealed this to St. Bridget of Sweden, to those who honor her seven sorrows. One, I will grant peace to their families. Two, they will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. Three, I will console them in their pains. I will accompany them in their work. Number four, I will give them as much as they ask for, as long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine son or the sanctification of their souls. Five, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. Six, I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. Seven, I obtain this grace from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and dolors will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness since all their sins will be forgiven and my son will be their eternal consolation and joy. So these are very heavy and very beautiful promises given by Our Lady of Sorrows to those who are devoted to her seven sorrows and to those who remember her. Just keep her in mind. Keep in the suffering of our Blessed Mother in mind and let her be your companion and invoke her when you're going through a time of distress, a time of heartbreak, a time of suffering because she knows. She knows. She knows. She endured unimaginable suffering and so she's with you and she's there in solidarity with you and she wants to comfort you in your sadness and in the trials that you're undergoing. So I think it's really important to remember that suffering produces character growth. And in order to get to the resurrection, first you have to go through the crucifixion. First you have to carry your cross to get to the other side. And we need to remember that God has such compassion on us in our suffering because he became man and he knows, he knows what we're going through because he endured it himself. So I invite you to bring your suffering to the Lord and invite him into it and invite Our Lady of Sorrows into it because they understand. And I think so often people think, oh, God doesn't understand. He understands because he went through it himself. He was betrayed. He was put to death. He was heartbroken. He endured it all. He understands. God understands and God loves you and he wants to help you. He wants to help you become the woman that he created you to be. So if you're going through a hard time, look at this as an opportunity for character growth. You're one step closer to becoming who he made you to be and let this refine your spirit. Don't let it break you. Suffering can either make or break you. You're either going to suffer with Christ or without him. Suffer with Christ and that way your suffering has meaning, has redeeming value and it has value to take away your punishment for your sins and it has value to refine your spirit. Really understand that God has compassion for you in your suffering and he wants to feed you. And how beautiful is that, right? When others are going through a hard time, we want to feed them. How much more beautiful is it that God wants to feed us? He doesn't just want to feed us. He wants to feed us with himself. I think that's such a beautiful thought. And to be filled with the daily bread, to be filled with the bread of life, which is God, means that you have the capacity to thus feed others Because others in tough times, they need spiritual help. People need help. People need guidance. People need encouragement. And so you're obligated to allow yourself to be fed by God so you can feed others. And as a woman, we are made to be receptive. Our being is receptive. So to have that feminine receptivity to the Lord and allow him to feed you, that's being in your feminine bridal role. God has created you to be his bride, a reflection of the church. And so really be in your receptive role to receive him and say, God, I'm here. Feed me. Feed me with yourself so I can be set on fire so I can thus go out and feed others and I can help others. And try to be that angel for people, right? When they're going through a hard time or even for yourself, ask God to send you an angel. Befriend your guardian angel. Befriend Our Lady of Sorrows. When Christ was going through the hard time in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Father didn't say, Jesus, just have more faith you'll be fine. Have hope. Things will turn around for you. No, the father sent him an angel to comfort him in his moment of grief, in his moment of anguish when the weight of the world was upon him. 
Sometimes what people need is an angel, is encouragement. Because in order to get to the resurrection, first you have to go through the crucifixion. And we can know that the resurrection is coming, but sometimes it's really hard to carry the cross. So be that angel for people and try to feed others with the bread of life that you have been fed with. But in order to feed other people, first you have to be fed by God. So allow yourself to be fed by God, to have an intimate relationship with the Lord, to bring your suffering, bring your pain to him so he can refine it, he can transform it for you, and you can thus help others in their suffering. Remember Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane and really ask Christ in that moment to intercede for you and meditate upon him in the garden and what truths are revealed in that passage from scripture and how the Father sent him an angel in his suffering. And give yourself grace to grieve. Give yourself grace to be upset because sometimes when we're going through a hard time, so often we think, okay, I gotta get myself together. I gotta be, you know, sometimes life is hard and sometimes you're carrying the cross and it's okay. But just know that God has such compassion on you and he's going to use this to refine you and you're going to come out of suffering better than you were before. If you've been blessed by this week's episode of Purpose for Paradise, I kindly ask if you consider donating to support my ministry. Head to buymeacoffee.com slash Elena Sapphire where you can make a one-time donation, kind of like a tip jar. Or you can select a membership level, bronze level, silver level, gold level, platinum level, or diamond level. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Purpose for Paradise. I'm your host, Elena Sapphire. Remember, God created you with a purpose and that purpose is for paradise. May God bless you and may the mother of God be with you always.